0: Well, hello, everybody. It is January 8th, 2018.
1: Yes, and welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. And we're going to talk about breaking some ranks, breaking the yoke of the world. Go try to break it. Right, Miss Kapow? <laughs> yep. Okay, we're going to be Excuse in 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6, verses 14 through 18, chapter 7, verse 1. That's the flow. Second Corinthians 6, 14, all the way down to 7, 1. Cool? Got it. We're going to talk about breaking some ranks. We're going to see what Paul said about the world and um, idolatry, things like that. Now I'm going to preface this. It's to me, to me, this isn't really easy to teach because it. Um, I think human nature would like to go to a uh, a list, you know, a legalistic sure. list, and I think it would be easier as human nature would have it to go. This is the religion. Here's the list. Don't do one, two, three, four, and five. You know, don't do dirty dancing. Don't eat pizza on a Saturday and don't, Mm -hmm. you know, on and on and on. Structure. Yeah. But here's the deal. Paul doesn't supply a list. He talks about idolatry. And to the Corinthians, being Gentiles, coming out of idolatry. In those days, there's temples everywhere, temples to little G gods everywhere to Athena, to Zeus, Jupiter, everywhere. And in those days, what they did, the Gentiles, many of them believed that the idol themselves, the statue or image of the God itself represented that God, that Zeus was really behind that temple or that statue. see mm-hmm. so they really believed that. So when they went to the temple of of Zeus or Athena or whatever and worshiped Athena and bowed down to the idols, the statues, the images of Athena, many actually believed in their conscience that they were actually worshiping a deity, called Athena. Mm -hmm. So then they would sacrifice and do ritual and many times sacrifice animals and then eat of that sacrifice in the ritual to their deity. So Paul comes along and we'll get into this in 1 Corinthians chapter seven or eight, I should say, or combination of the two. And also in chapter 10, Paul comes along and says, look, it, we we have knowledge that these things don't exist. Athena is not Athena. There, there's only one true God, creator God. And that's who we know as Yahweh and his Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what Paul says. We have that knowledge that behind these idols, they're nothing. The the idols are nothing. It's not Athena. So in chapter eight, in first Corinthians, he's talking to the church at Corinth that's surrounded by all of this stuff. And he basically says, look, you have this knowledge, but don't let it puff you up because there's other people who are ignorant of this Mm -hmm. and could be offended. So just because you have the liberty in Messiah, in Jesus Christ now, because you know who the true God is, Mm -hmm. you can walk into a pagan temple and go, yeah, rata, 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 give me the meat of the bull sacrificed to Athena and eat it and have no problem with it because there is no Athena. Mm -hmm. There is no Athena. There is no real little G God behind that statue. But what he's saying is that Your witness may be affected and also the effect to the brethren, other Christians that may have a conscience towards that and go, what are you doing in a pagan temple partaking of this? And so he says, even though I have liberty in Christ and all things are lawful for me, all things are not expedient.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It doesn't mean I should do it. And he goes on to say, I would rather not eat meat or eat that kind of food or be involved in any of that for the sake of my brethren that might stumble. Because if they stumble and lose their eternal salvation because of my action, that's no bueno. Mm -hmm. And he also goes on, and this was always confusing to me early on, because it seems like in chapter eight of first Corinthians... Paul clearly says, what are idols? There's nothing. There's nothing behind them. They're, they're empty. Some of us have that knowledge. We know that. It's not a big deal. There is no Athena. There is no Jupiter. There's no Zeus. They're not there. And then later on in chapter 10, he writes, we know that idols are devils. And he says, I would rather have you not participate in the feast of and sit at the table of devils. So it's kind of confusing because you go, well, what, what is it? Are they nothing or are they devils? So let me explain this in chapter eight. He's talking about the actual idol is not Athena. There is no Athena behind it. Mm -hmm. In chapter 10, he's telling you what's behind the worship of these things is demonic. Mm. What's under the hood of pagan religion, what's under the hood of the world are demons, demonic spirits, evil spirits. There's no Athena. It's a devil is what he's saying. So even though you might have the knowledge, hey, I'm eating this and participating in this uh, because there is no Athena. You have to understand behind the ritualistic worship is Satan. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of clarifies, he, he's not contradicting himself. He's saying what's under the hood are devils. And in chapter 10, he even goes further. He says if you're a Christian and you're partaking of the cup of Christ, you become one with Christ and one with other believers in the body, just like Israel did when they partook of the sacrifice of the altar. Mm-hmm. They became one with that altar, what was behind that altar, That which was Yahweh, the one true God. So he's saying the same thing. In pagan ritual, though they're sacrificing to Athena, which doesn't exist, the demonic deception behind it does. And so he's saying, I would rather you not participate in that. And he goes on and he gives instructions if you're invited over or you're invited to a, a meal, not a ritual, but a regular feast, and you don't know that it's been sacrificed to I- idols, well, then don't inquire mm-hmm. for consciousness' sake. But if it comes to your attention, oh, this is <clears throat> meat sacrificed to Athena, which you know behind it is Satan. Even though Athena doesn't exist, Satan does, and his, the demonic deception then you shouldn't do it at a conscious sake and for the sake of your brethren. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 6, but this all ties in because 2 Corinthians 6, he's talking just about that, about being unequally yoked, about breaking ranks, about breaking that yoke of the world, and especially idolatry. And I made the mistake years ago thinking there was no idolatry anymore. I used to actually think that. Because there wasn't pagan temples on every corner, and uh, I couldn't go down to my neighbor's house and see a big statue of Athena or Jupiter, right? Right. So that that you know it didn't apply anymore, kind of. Mm-hmm. And as I uh, as I got saved, <clears throat> excuse me, as I got saved and grew to the Lord, I realized, oh, that that's totally wrong. Idolatry is all around us, all around us. In fact, you can't get away from it you know mm-hmm. uh, you've heard the story we told about um mary what is it um mary gone crackers
0: oh yes mm-hmm.
1: you know how that company used uh, a little idol a little female goddess on their box very new age company delicious crackers i loved them uh but how, how holy spirit convicted me it actually told me in my sleep that there was a goddess in my refrigerator
2: mm-hmm.
1: for me that offended my conscience even though those are good crackers, they were delicious. I knew that company had sacrificed uh, to Satan for success, and it's all around you. I mean, the car you drive, you know, uh, your Apple phone. Um, you know, everybody knows the history of Steve Jobs and the first Mac computer selling for six six six, and into the occult and the whole bit. That's why they're successful in this matrix in this world. Um, they have that short-term success here. Because it's like Ms. Kapow was talking to me today about distractions. It distracts people from the eternal Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: from what's really important. So idolatry is all around us. Now, do you quit using your your Apple phone? Do you quit using your computer? Do you quit driving your your Honda? No. Because you realize that all things, you give thanks to God, all things are lawful for you. It's the abuse of the world. It's the things of the world that you would abuse and get and align yourself with in thought that'll make you backslide.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay? Exactly.
1: And the same thing with people. Do kind you avo- like the
0: intent, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. The intent. Uh, you, you don't avoid unbelievers. You can't avoid unbelievers in this world. Where, where are you going to go get your car fixed or buy groceries or, right? Mm-hmm. but you don't want to sit around at the uh the marijuana cafe with them smoking and yucking it up and allowing demonic spirits in yourself you, you see the difference mm-hmm. the, the yokeness is like you said the intention the intent it's um being influenced by that unbeliever or that thing that would lead you to apostasy falling away from the
0: doctrines of christ yeah and, and i think and- that's the the main the main uh, coup de gras that sort of speak, the main clap uh, grasp of it, you know, that it turns you away from God.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you can't provide a list. I can't provide you a list and go, don't dirty dance. Don't eat pizza. Don't do this. Don't do that. Because what turns you away from apostasy is something that your discernment has to rise up and tell you. And if you choose to ignore that discernment or ignore that, then that's your, you know, that's your prerogative in your day of reckoning with God on judgment day. But that's built into you, that discernment, something's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And I think people, well, there are some that take their liberty in Christ to extremes so they could become a Christian homosexual. Because... The fullness of the earth is God's thereof, right? Mm-hmm. God made everything good. I give thanks for my homosexual lover. I'm not promiscuous. I'm I'm in one relationship and we love each other. And um, they can take that liberty to, to Christ. And it's not expedient, see, because they are committing sin. See, mm-hmm. it, it's sin. In fact, their sexual preferences are their idolatry. It's everywhere, idolatry. Um, if you don't, if you don't have Eyes to See Unseen Enemies, the paperback edition. In that paperback edition, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies, we combined an ebook that we had separate called Idolicide, the Killing of Idols, and it, it talks all about this, about what's idolatry, idolicide, the killing of idols, and we talked all about that, and we put that in that paperback edition. Mm-hmm. So all of this is in there. Um. So, Miss Capel. So, so that's a good introduction.
0: It's an excellent introduction.
1: Shall we go to Second Corinthians six fourteen through seven one? Okay. And I think your beautiful voice would sound much better than mine.
0: All right. Do you want me to read the whole thing? Yes, ma'am. All right. Be he not unequally yoked together with unbelievers? For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord with Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith Lord, the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God.
1: That's it. So let's break this down as we usually do. And... Let's start right off with be not unequally yoked together. The Greek word means to come under an unequal or different yoke, to have fellowship with one who is not an equal, where the apostle is forbidding Christians to have intercourse with idolaters. Yoked. I like one commentator said yoked with one alien in spirit Mm. yoked with one alien in spirit Mm -hmm. it's a foreign spirit and that's exactly what we just said it's not when you're buying groceries from an unbeliever you're not yoked with their foreign spirit right Mm -hmm. but if you're hanging around with them and they have an alien spirit that's contrary to Christ and anti-Christ spirit. Well, then you're, you're being yoked unequally with them.
0: Yeah. Someone that can influence you.
1: Yes. And make you apostatize. apostatize. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So uh, this, this is interesting because the image is from the symbolical precept of the law in Leviticus 1919. Yeah. Which says, Ye shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Mm. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed, neither shall a garment mingled of linen and wool come upon thee.
0: It's the mixing.
1: It's the mixing. It's exactly what you see today with genetic modification, GMO, gene editing. Superhumans, sex robots, um, living forever, putting your brain into a computer, whatever. Right? Mm -hmm. It goes right. It's anti-Christ. It's anti-God. The precept in Deuteronomy 22.10 says, Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. See, they would be unequally yoked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Two different animals, two different functions. You don't yoke them together and try to plow. In Deuteronomy uh, 7.3 says, Neither shalt thou make marriages with them, talking not, not asses and oxes, but with uh, um, heathens. Mm-hmm. Israel, neither shalt thou make ma- marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. These were all precepts that were established long ago. They're all part of God's laws. And in 1 Corinthians seven thirty nine, Paul writes, the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will, she will only in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he goes and answers a lot of those questions about, well, hey, um, I married this person, we were both unbelievers, and then I became saved, and this other person didn't.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: what do I do? Paul never says, leave that other person. He says, stay there, because you're a witness. Right. But if if you're freed, then you you can remarry, but only in the Lord. Mm-hmm. You don't go back and do that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting? Um, I looked up the word yoke. Mm-hmm. And it's a wooden bar or frame by which two animals or two work animals like an ox, oxen, are harnessed at the heads or the necks for drawing or plowing a load, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was thinking about that. And you see these two animals that are yoked together. This These animals have one master. They don't have two. They have one master that guides them. Mm. And these animals they go on one path. You can't have one animal go in, in another direction than the other one. And then they both have the same goal, whatever that might be, that is um, what the master would want. And it's kind of like with um, when the Lord was talking to Paul and he says, why do you kick against the goads? I, I looked that up and basically you can fight the master and you can release yourself from the um the actual yoke, but in order to do so, you actually hurt yourself and you break away from that yoke. And then it came to me about um, in Leviticus uh, twenty six says um, he, the Lord was talking to the Hebrews. He says, "I am the Lord your God, which brought you out from the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen." And they're talking about the enemy, and I have broken the bands of your yoke that you may go upright. It's kind of like what the Lord has done for us. He has taken us out of darkness into light so that we could walk and he could be our master. We can walk in the light. And then um, in Matthew 11, Jesus is telling um, the people, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest and take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So now he's become your master, and he's mm-hmm. you're putting on the lo- yoke of the Lord. He says, And learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest f- unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And that comes by um, our faith, or the faith that Jesus gives us. And then in Galatians it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage.
1: Yes. Very good. Very good. Very good. Really good uh, word study on yoke. I really like Thank that. Uh, the two animals, they can't have two masters. You can't have the master of the ass Mm-mm. telling it what to do. It's a different function, number one. Mm-hmm. And you can't have the master of the ox telling it what to do Mm-mm. under one yoke. Right. And it did, when you were talking, it reminded me of, the, of one scripture where Christ says you can't serve two masters. You exactly. either hate one and love one, or love mm-hmm. one and hate the other. Mm-hmm. Starts to make perfect sense. And once again, God's calling his people, his church, his ecclesia, is called out once. He's actually calling you out because there's so much more to eternal life than this temporary matrix that we're stuck in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the idea that if you're yoked, together with believers you have one path yeah and you have a one goal and our ways are different than everybody else's the way of the world we think different Mm -hmm.
1: you're thinking different we talk about that all the time you know we were miss Capel and i were talking about an organization that she belongs to and how much trouble they're having um you know internally and and i was saying you know what if They thought biblically. If everybody thought biblically, they wouldn't have any of these problems. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But because they don't think biblically, they're having all kinds of problems. But we who think biblically can see it and see through it and go, wow, this could be easily resolved if you guys followed Christ. You know, it wouldn't be hard. So you think differently. So, once again, too close of a relationship, too close intercourse with unbelievers or other relations Mm -hmm. is also included, is gonna be bad uh, if it's gonna lead to apostasy and get you distracted and wound up in this world and everything.
3: Hello, Kapow Radio Show listener. You came here to get assistance, knowledge, or perhaps to be part of a unique community that exposes evil. We thank you for your compassionate and strong prayers through the years. Since 2011, we have had over 370,000 listens to over 1,000 episodes of free Bible teaching and spiritual commentary. However, we are experiencing rising production costs within our podcast hosting platforms, free apps, online advertising, website hosting, and aging equipment. We continue to finance the cost in order to bring a unique, biblical message to the listener free of charge. You can share in that work while expanding the message to new global audiences. Would you consider a small donation? Share because the world has become much darker and needs to hear truth. It only takes a minute by going to the desktop sites of kapowradioshow.com or fifthhookmedia.com and clicking the donate button. We thank you in advance for any small amount that is placed upon your heart and for joining us in the kingdom against powers of wickedness. The Kapow Radio Show Network produces high-quality podcasts that you definitely want to hear. So stick around and get prepared to stimulate your spirit.
1: 2 Corinthians 6.16, which you know we're going to get to, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 1 Corinthians 8, 10, and that's what I was talking about at the very beginning, how Paul said, what are idols? They're nothing. We know there's nothing. And then in chapter 10, he's saying, what are idols? We know they're devils. Mm-hmm. So it's what's under the hood. We know it's not Athena and Zeus. We know there's a there's a Satan, a deceiver under the hood. 1 Corinthians 8, 10, he says, for if any man see thee, which has knowledge... Right? Mm-hmm. Sit at a meal in the idol's temple. shall not the conscience of him, which is weak, be emboldened mm-hmm. to eat those things which are offered to idols? Mm-hmm. So I mean, in other words, here's a person he knows that there's nothing behind there's there's nothing behind it. There's Athena isn't this statue? Let me say. Uh, the Virgin Mary, because that's the closest thing I can think of today. Um, Christmas just passed. All these Catholic churches will have a uh, the procession of Guadalupe. And in Riverside, they used to put this big statue on their shoulders and uh, we'd have to block off, you know, a main intersection, University Avenue. Uh, so this the church members could carry... The statue of the Virgin Guadalupe throughout the streets. It's part of the ritual. It's a pagan ritual. So it's um, you know here uh, where we live, they have the same thing at this Catholic church, and they sell tamales, right? Mm-hmm. So say Miss Capal and I are running around, and we're going. There's nothing behind, nothing behind that statue of the Virgin Mary. There is no Guadalupe. There is no goddess. We just know that these people are demonically deceived. Right? right? So we're gonna go buy and we're gonna buy some delicious tamales that were made um in worship and respect to the Virgin Guadalupe. So there, Miss Capow and I are sitting at the table munching down on these delicious Christmas tamales. <laughs> Not a thing wrong with it. Our conscious we didn't have any problem with it. But now a weaker brother comes who doesn't have that understanding. They came out of Catholicism. They just got saved out of Catholicism. And now they see brother and sister Kapow said they're eating Christmas tamales. You know, mm-hmm. um, that could affect them. What Paul saying it could be affected. They could be emboldened to then eat those things which are offered to idols, yep. see, and hurt them. So what Paul is saying, scruples, man, Get be careful what you get involved in, right? That's right. In 1 Corinthians... 10, 14, it says, wherefore my dearly beloved flee from idolatry. And it's all around us. Idolatry is all around us. Our participation of it. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: All right. Uh, So, and what communion hath light with darkness? What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? That's what Paul is talking about, about being unequally yoked. Mm -hmm. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Belial is the same, it's the Greek version of Satan. The Hebrew or there's a Hebrew origin of Belial, and it means a worthless one. It's an epithet of Satan, Belial. That's what they call sons of Belial. It's another name for Satan or worthless wicked ones. So what concord does Christ have with worthless demonized folks? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidile. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, it starts, you know, he's, he's just saying, look at this. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God.
2: That's right.
1: As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Then it gets even more personal. Well, he's going to be your father,
2: mm.
1: you know, if you're in agreement. So the the agreement here, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? That's the question. And if you look at 1 Kings 18.21, Elijah, Elijah came unto the people and said, How long have halt ye between two opinions? if the lord be god follow him but if baal then follow him and the people answered him not a word <laughs> see you got to pick a side mm-hmm. it's it this is just biblical truth this isn't something paul the apostle wrote out of out of a cultural melu in the city of corinth you know 1700 years ago It does apply and it's always, it always has applied. Ephesians 5, 7 says, be not ye therefore partakers with them. Mm -hmm. Verse 11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That's right. The temple of God. That's us. That's us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Mm -hmm. 6.19 says, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God and ye are not your own? So now you can start seeing the importance of not taking that temple and mixing it in with a pagan temple.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: right you know i don't know how else to explain it you know i was thinking you know how, how do you bring this home without writing a list of legalistic do's and don'ts you know and i was just thinking where we where we're at right now we have uh you know a big mormon influence here mm-hmm. and i would say that if uh, I was aware that one of the Mormon temples in my town was having a delicious bake sale and they were selling homemade churned Mormon butter, uh, which they used to make this delicious German chocolate cake. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a problem. First, I'm not going to have a problem swinging by the Mormon parking lot and buying me some delicious Mormon cake and shaking their hands. And, uh, you know, thank you very much for your mm-hmm. talent. Right. But it's another thing to go inside of the Mormon temple and participate in their worship service. That's the only way I can kind of put it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the only way I can put it. Uh, let's see, Miss Kapow. The temple of God is us. So, uh, what fellowship um, do we have with idols? Now, in 1 Samuel, chapter 5, 2 through 4, when the Philistines took the Ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. You remember that story? Yeah. And in the morning, poor Dagon had fallen down and his hands were broke.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's the mixing. You know, I mean, it, it, we see way too much of that today in modern Christianity, where the things of God are mixed with paganism. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just not a biblical uh, precedent and it will lead to apostasy and it will lead to destruction.
2: That's right.
1: Let's see. Now, God said that if, if you don't have this agreement with the world, with these temples and stuff, that he would be um, our God and we would be his people. And that's quoted from Isaiah 52 11. That's true. You know? Uh it's let's see. I'm sorry. It's quoted from um Leviticus 26 12. And yes. I will walk among you and oh. will be your God, and ye shall be my people.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Jeremiah thirty one thirty three. Well, we're gonna to get to the other one here in a second. Jeremiah thirty one thirty-three, but this shall be the covenant that we'll make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I'll put my law in their inward parts and write in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So who's Israel? Just asking. It's you. You're grafted in. Did he do that to the nation state over there in the Middle East? Mm mm. No, he did it to you, crafted in. Jeremiah 32, 38, and they shall be my people and I will be their God. Ezekiel 37, 26, 27, moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them and will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. You get this whole temple thing? You get it? That's you. Being the church, the called out one, the ecclesia, is really, really heavy duty. This is a heavy duty responsibility. Mm -hmm. In Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. See, Jesus has ascended. He's on the right hand side of the Father, yet... He's with you always. How is that? Because the spirit indwells you. You're the temple.
2: That's right.
1: John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Pretty clear. Pretty clear. So God's going to walk with us walk in us rather than just among us, in us. He's going to dwell, which implies a divine presence, right? Walking a divine operation. God's dwelling in body and soul. Now, you know, the opposite occurs too, where demonically possessed people are walking around, dwelled in body and soul also. Those are the ones you can't be uh, yoked with. That's right. Right,
0: because mm-hmm. they're walking in a different direction,
1: a total different animal. You got the ass and the ox, to- totally different purposes. The masters have whole totally different agendas. What you do with those animals, you know, and it goes back to the Levitical law too. It says, "Don't gender your cattle with another kind." You know, why would you want to mix a fish with your your uh, cow? Two separate things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now in verse 17, wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. This is all Old Testament.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is quoted from Isaiah 52, 11 which says, depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence, touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Wow. Hmm. So Paul says the same thing. He writes the same thing. Be ye separated. Be separated, Hosea 4.17. Says Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. Mm. Mm. Wow. Anything to add there, Ms. Kapow?
0: No. Nope.
1: Touch not the unclean thing, rather, anything unclean. 2 Corinthians 7 1, which we haven't got to yet, but we're going to get there. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. From all filthiness of the flesh, and spirit. The flesh and spirit is both
2: mm-hmm.
1: perfecting holiness and the fear of God. And I love this one, Micah two ten.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest. Mm. This ain't the place where you're. You should be, folks. This isn't your rest. This isn't the end of all. The end of all things, living your 75 or 80 years here, having your body deteriorate and degenerate. Um, th- this isn't it. So it says, God's saying, Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest, because it is polluted. Mm-hmm. Remember Genesis uh, uh, chapter three? Yep. Sons of God made it with the daughters of men. And the whole world became corrupt because it is polluted. It shall destroy you even with a sore destruction. So if, if you're bound to the world, if you're unequally yoked to these things, your destruction is, is inevitable. That's, that's what it's
0: saying. It's kind of like when uh, Abram and um, Lot went with Haran. Remember they were on their way to Canaan. Mm Mm-hmm. But they stopped in Haran, and that's where um, their their father died. Yeah. So he never did get to go to uh, the Promised Land or Canaan. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're gonna get.
0: You don't want to rest here.
1: <laughs> yeah. This isn't the plate. This isn't. You're just a sojourner. If you keep that in mind, and you keep the bigger picture in mind, immortality is what you should have been in the first place, that you realize this prison planet is nothing but um, a distracting matrix. Yeah.
0: That's why it's important that we renew our mind, yeah. our thinking. And we need to be heaven bound.
1: Yes. Yes. Perfecting holiness of the fear of, of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So uh, it goes on. It says, uh, and this says not on a clean thing and I will receive you. And here's this beautiful promise in verse 18. And will be a father unto you. So it's no more than it's more than just a people to me, and I your God. It's now I will be a father unto you. And yes, shall be, and I'm sorry, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I will be to you in the relation of a father is what God's saying. And you shall be to me in the relation of sons and daughters. If you touch no unclean thing and come out and be separate. That's the condition. Mm
0: -hmm. And you know, the word touch, the Greek word is, um, is kind of like when you attach yourself to someone or to something.
1: So it's more than just looking. It's, um, the participation of it. Mm It's more than just passing by. It's the like you said, latching, the latching on. Mm-hmm. Interesting, very interesting. So if God's going to be our Father. We're going to be our sons and daughters. Um, it's it's an enduring relationship. Mm-hmm. An enduring relationship. Um, in. Let's see, Isaiah 43.6, it says, I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, give not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Wow. Revelation twenty one three, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, mm. and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Wow. Yeah. Verse 7, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son.
0: See, it's those that overcome. Yep.
1: Yep, it's not just a one-time thing, and then you carry on with your um, symbol matrix, phony life. It's perfecting the holiness of the fear of the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's why the word has a lot of take heed, be alert, be sober, you know?
1: Yeah. All that. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's what always describes me, though, about the once saved, always saved, you know, mm-hmm. um, heresy. It's because it, it gives people this way out that is leading them to destruction,
2: yeah.
1: you know, or could lead them to destruction if they decide to take their liberty in Christ to sin and think, well, I can never fall.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know uh, it's just such a lie compared to what the scriptures actually teach and um what God himself has proclaimed since the very beginning. He's a holy god and he he wants to be your father, but we're under this we're under this fallen world and that's what we have to overcome jeremiah 31 uh one and nine says, at the same time, saith the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel and they shall be my people. That's you. That's you. Verse nine, they shall come with weeping and with supplications while I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way wherein they shall not stumble for I am a father to Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn. hmm All right. Mm -hmm. That's a good promise. But it's conditional, isn't it? Yep.
2: Okay,
1: seven chapter seven, verse one says it says having therefore these promises, the ones I just read to you, right? Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the Mm -hmm. flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Wow. The self-purification, our duty results from the foregoing. It's God's love to us. And it's the joy at the good effects of of perfecting our holiness and the fear of God, cleansing ourselves. And really it's the conclusion of the exhortation of 2 Corinthians 6, 1, 14, where it says, and then as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain, in emptiness. And be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness? So, you know, those who attend a pagan style type of church and you know what's wrong, you know they're doing stuff they shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't be yoked because that could lead to your apostasy. Mm -hmm. More than likely it will. Because if it if it wasn't, you would have got out. First John three three says, "And every man that hath this hope in him, purifieth himself, even as he is pure." That's God. Mm. And Revelation twenty two eleven, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still; and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still; and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy let him be holy still
0: amen right that's right I had um some scriptures that kind of go with some of this um some of the um items here mm-hmm. like um what uh what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness and romans six thirteen says Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Mm-hmm. And what has communion with light and darkness? I have a couple of um, scriptures here. Uh, let's see. Ephesians. Oops, they won't let me have that one for some reason. It better. Philippians says that ye may be blameless and harmless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And then I have um, uh, Christ versus Belial. Second Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal, that the Lord knows them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity and then um, let's see believe versus the infidel is that one they won't let me show that one either what okay hebrews 4 mm-hmm. let's see let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief for the word of god is quick powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And then the the temple of God versus the idols. I believe I have, hopefully this one will work. 1 John 5, okay, 21, says, um, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. And then, of course, 1 um, Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, which says, Know ye yeah. not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's. That's it amen
1: it's all in there before we close let's take a, a quick look at first Corinthians let's let's start with 10 14 through 17 and then we'll do first Corinthians 8 we'll go backwards we'll reverse engineer
0: it I'm sorry that was first Corinthians 10
1: yeah 14 through 17. Paul says, wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. We all know what that is. He's already explained
0: it. Mm-hmm. That goes with uh, John, too. It's flee adultery. It's yes.
1: Idolatry. Yes. Why is that so important? It's more than just image worship, because you know that the image, the mother of Guadalupe, the Virgin of Guadalupe, is not that statue. But the demon is under the hood. And it's like that with, you Don't know, I'm not just picking on the Catholics. It's like that with anything. It could be your children, your iPhone, your career, right?
0: Yeah. Anything that's more important than God yeah. is an idol.
1: Yeah. Wherefore, my de- de- dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Right. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Okay, don't, do we not have fellowship meals together as the body of Christ? Yes. For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Should be, right? Mm-hmm. It's called out once, Christians, Ecclesia, we should all be partakers of Messiah. He says in verse 18, look, Israel after the flesh. Look at this. Are they which eat of the sacrifices partaker of the altar? Of course they are. What say I then? That the idol is anything? Because already in, in chapter 8 he says it's nothing. Or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? Is that, is that what I'm saying? I'm saying, is it anything? No, we know that there's only one true God. But I say that the things with the Gentile sacrifice, see, they think in their head, they sacrifice the devils and not to God. They don't sacrifice to Yahweh. That's that's kind of a good litmus test mm-hmm. to ask. is this a Is this a sacrifice to Yahweh or a sacrifice to devils? And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Paul says, I, I I don't want you to have fellowship with devils. He says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. That goes right to what you were saying, Ms. Kapow, about the, you know, the two masters, mm-hmm. the donkey and the ass or the, the ass and the ox. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Simple as that. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Mm-hmm. And he says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are non-expedient. Can I do it? Can I go, you know, I can do it because I know there's nothing behind it. But is, it, is this the thing to do? All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. They don't build up the body. They don't build me up or anybody else. So let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth, their own well-being. Defer, right? That's the Christian way. You know, mm-hmm. not dancing like a, a a naked cowboy stripper in front of your church. Mm-hmm. Right. That really happened. There's a pastor that does the cowboy stripper dance in front of his congregation in New York. He's part of Hillsong. He's part of Hillsong. Exactly. And his uh, lover is Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now go to 1 Corinthians 8. We reverse engineer this because Paul's talking. He says, now as touching things offered unto idols. I also want you, I want to remind everybody of uh, Acts. Is it 15, miscapal? Where where they talked about the Gentiles, what was required. And one of the things was... um, you know, don't eat things oh, with the blood in it. Yeah, don't things I, eat strangled and things offered to idols.
0: I don't remember. Yeah, I
1: think it's Acts 15, but I can't remember off my, off the head, off the top of my head. But so the the early church had already addressed this with the Gentiles coming out of paganism. And they said, don't eat things, sacrificed to idols. That was one of the things, um, fornication, things strangled and things with the blood, blood still in it. Those four things was 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 that and that was an answer do we get circumcised do we do all this law right
0: it's um oh okay never mind I thought I found it but
1: I'll keep reading it if you find it i think it's i do think it's fifteen chapter fifteen in acts
0: okay
1: now as touching things offered to the idols we know that we all have knowledge and what's that knowledge paul's talking about That there's nothing behind the Virgin Guadalupe. There is no Guadalupe. There's demons though that deceive. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity or love edifies. So you have knowledge going, I can do this. It's not going to hurt me. But it doesn't edify anybody else. And if a man think he knows anything, he knows nothing. Yet as he ought to know. So you think you're greater than that. I can, you know, God... God loves love and, you know, I'm a gay, I can be a gay Christian because God is love. So you think you know that, you know nothing. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. So Paul says, as concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. There there is no Virgin of Guadalupe. And that there is none other God but one. Virgin Guadalupe can't do nothing for you. Only God, only Yahweh. But though there be that are called gods, little g gods, little deities, whether in heaven, sun, moon, stars, you know, those kind of things, or in the earth, as there be gods, many, there's all kinds of them, and lords, many, you know. Okay, there's even a monkey god in India. But to us, there is but one God, the father of whom are all things, and we in him and one Lord, Jesus, the Messiah, by whom are all things, and we are by him. Okay, so we know this. However, however, there is not in every man that knowledge. Not everybody knows that. See, not everybody knows that. For some, with conscience of the idol, especially those who came out of Catholicism or the occult, unto this hour, Eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. They actually think they're eating in transubstantiation, that they're eating the flesh and drinking the blood of their cheeses in the Catholic Eucharist. And their conscience, being weak, is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God. It doesn't, it doesn't, God doesn't go, oh, oh man, I'm really pleased that you're you're eating this for my sake or not. For neither if we eat or we do the better, neither if we eat not are we the worst. Doesn't matter. But take heed, at least by any means, this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which hath knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? Mm, so that whole once saved, always saved doesn't work in this case, does it? Of course, I know that my Calvary Chapel friends would say, well, he was never saved to begin with. Really? That's not what Paul thought. But when ye sin, so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if any meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world stands. Least I make my brother to offend.
0: Get it? Get it. It's Acts 15, um, 20. Okay. do not you read that, bad boy. But that we write unto them... That they abstained from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood.
1: and those are the four things that the early church gave out to Gentiles when the Gospel of Christ began to go forth out from the Jewish church and actually hit the Gentiles. So they had this whole new issue on their hand because the temple still stood. The the Levitical system still stood, and there was Judaizers, and they were saying, you know, these people have to be circumcised, and they have to, you know, follow the the laws of uh, Moses, and and so the church had come out early on and said these four things is all that's required, and one of them, which is interesting enough, is to abstain from things offered to idols. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. okay, Miss Capel. Yes. I think I'm done unless you have a good, uh, a wrap up.
0: Well, I was just looking at that scripture where it says, uh, and abstain from pollutions of idols. The okay. word pollutions is pollution, of course, but condemnation. So stay away, abstain from the condemnation of idols. Mm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, but that's it. That's all I have.
1: Okay. Well then let's, uh, Move on and get some of those Christmas tamales.
0: (laughs) Ciao, babies.